Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. What's going on, everyone? Taylor Cowles here for CLNS Media. The Patriots are sandwiched between two division matchups. Now, obviously, they had an unfortunate loss to the Dolphins, their second in a row, but they're hoping to turn the ship around this week against the New York Jets at MetLife. So to preview this matchup and also kind of go back and talk about what he thought of the Dolphins matchup, Figured I'd go with someone who's very familiar with the AFC East overall, Henry McKenna. Henry, how you doing, brother? I'm good, Taylor. Let's talk. Let's talk, talk about my teams. They're not my teams, <laughs> but they're sort of my teams. Yeah, you got the rare ability to kind of walk among the worlds. Uh, but first, today we had the chance to talk to the Patriots coaches, get their thoughts on both the game and a little bit about next week. And personally, I thought some of the biggest takeaways were Bill O'Brien saying that there was some imbalance with what they were doing with the under center passing game and uh, just plays overall because they've been a very shotgun heavy team. We haven't seen a ton of the under center stuff that Mac Jones has done for a lot of his career. And also he mentioned that in the run game, they didn't seem, or at least my takeaway was that they weren't prepared for what they saw. He mentioned that their preparation needs to match up with what ultimately they see on game days. Thought those were interesting. What were your key takeaways? Yeah. It is interesting to see him say that maybe they're going to go away from shotgun, but I wonder if maybe we look at what he does more than what he says there. I think mm-hmm. that I think that the idea of putting Matt Jones into shotgun this year uh, was maybe to give him a little more, you know, freedom to spread the field, and and um, that we'll see if that actually changes. I think they probably like him in shotgun. That's why he's been in it so much. Uh, so, and then in terms of, uh, I, mostly what Bill O'Brien said, cause technically, you know, he's, he's, we don't really hear from a defensive coordinator because they don't have one. Uh, and so <laughs> Bill O'Brien's press conferences on these coordinator days are usually the most interesting. The, the other thing I'll say is that he was talking about, um, finishing drives. He talked about how, you know, pick sixes and sacks and uh, and whatnot have led to drives ending prematurely. And so I think that's uh, what I've noticed with this team recently is that they, they seem to be in a groove that their, their play calling and their execution is, is actually working. And then they cross midfield and then something bad happens. And, and that's just a telltale sign of a bad football team is a team that mm-hmm. can't, get points out of good drives. Um, it, so even when they're looking good, they they have nothing to show for it. And that's kind of what O'Brien said was they need to score points. And it's like so stupid, uh, simple, but it's the truth. I mean, Mac Jones, mm-hmm. you know, he was like a top five passer after week one, but the Patriots didn't score enough points. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I, th- I think ultimately 
you know, fewer, fewer yards and more points for this offense is, is, I mean, they do need more, more yards too, actually, especially <laughs> considering how inefficient the ground game has been, but uh, yeah, they really need to convert good drives into high point totals in a way that they have not been doing this year. Do want to touch on the offense a little more, but you were in the Dolphins locker room after the game. What were some of your key takeaways they are hearing from their players relative to what the Patriots are actually able to put on the field? Like, did it seem like they actually felt challenged? Because it seemed like the defense was actually doing a relatively good job of keeping Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle contained. But obviously the offensive side of the ball, like you said, they were moving the ball at times, but then something would go wrong and they end up leaving points on the board or taking themselves off the field. Right. So you're saying whether the, the Dolphins defense was challenged? Yeah, or honestly, either side, if there was yeah. anything, you know, if they were challenged or if they felt like, you know, this was kind of a relative walk in the park for them. Yeah, I did. I honestly didn't get a strong sense that the def- the, the Dolphins defense felt like they were dealing with a big challenge. Um, mm. I was speaking mostly to offensive players, though, so I'll, I'll mm. kind of throw in that caveat. Mm-hmm. But from what I heard and what I read uh, after the game, um, really – the Patriots offense did a lot of what the the Dolphins expected. And um, I think that largely the the Patriots didn't uh, throw anything at them that they couldn't handle. And I mean, we saw it, like we saw, we saw a lot of it, just like what we saw with the Eagles where the Patriots had more than enough chances to at least tie the game, let alone, you know, take a lead at some points Mm -hmm. where they just couldn't, seize the opportunity and, and that I think is because uh, these defenses aren't aren't really overwhelmed by what the Patriots have to offer from a personnel standpoint more than anything. Um, as for the Patriots defense versus the Dolphins offense, I think I, I got some like mixed uh, responses in that regard. like Tua talked a little bit about how you know this this defense it came out in you know, a very uh, different three safety, three deep safety front. And um, he he was, he said he wasn't surprised by that. But then I talked to some of the receivers in that room. They were like, that was stunning. Like we could not <laughs> have imagined that happening. And it was very weird to play against that defense. And it like, so Tua was like, I was unfazed by it. Tyreek said, literally, he, he I, I asked him and he was like, I was like, were you unfazed? And he said, yes, I was unfazed. Um, now, he didn't put up huge numbers, but, um, you know, I think, and then I think, you know, guys like River Craycraft and Braxton Berrios, interestingly enough, admitted that it wasn't easy for them to operate in it. So I think they were probably being a little more honest that the Patriots did force the Dolphins to sort of take a chill pill. That offense is so go, go, go. It's so high octane. But the Patriots were like, do you guys think that you guys could relax? And and Mike McDaniel was like, he had to he had to chill. He had to actually call running plays, which he never does. He really, he really is like not a disciplined play caller. He will go straight, <laughs> even in situations where he knows he has to run, he still throws the football. And this was one of the first times I've really seen him change his play calling according to the defense. So I think credit to the Patriots for telling, you know, for challenging the Dolphins this much. But then, honestly, the credit keeps going back to the Dolphins because they figured out how to get a win against this this unique and 
really challenging defensive game plan from Belichick. And I went back because the look was kind of familiar. I was like, we don't see this a lot, but I feel like they've done this before. I think Tyree Kill was telling the truth because I saw they, I think all the way going back to like 2019 or 2020, they used the three deep safety look against Deshaun Watson. And then going back to, I think it was 20. 20 when they had cam newton on the roster you actually saw them in third and long situations they used that double robber where you had the three safeties deep and then you'd have mccordy taking the post and two guys coming down but this was a different plan where those were you know obvious pass situations you know what's coming they were using zone rather than man where it was all right you know duggar starts as a deep guy then goes in the middle with the other two safeties in the halves or the opposite where those two guys drop so it was definitely different from what they've done in the past so maybe a little bit of truth of what they were saying but definitely not something explicitly that we had seen from them before and you mentioned Mike McDaniel actually committed to the run which going into this week you know I was talking to people who cover the Dolphins and they were asking like hey I think they could have a good game what do you think I'm like I just don't think so because the Patriots front very stout against the run and I didn't trust McDaniel to actually lean on it and try to capitalize if anything manifested. What did you think of the Patriots' run defense? Because obviously there was the Raheem Mostert scoring two touchdowns, but it also felt like for some parts of the game, they were able to pretty consistently rely on the ground game. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, you go back to the scoreboard. Sure, they they had like 95% of of the plays, they were playing good run defense, but – the, the way that they designed this game plan was it was a hundred percent game where they couldn't let up anything, right? Like that's the mm-hmm. whole design of, of that game plan that they made was if you're going to throw the safeties in the back and you're going to force them to check down and you're going to empty the box, but you're going to f- play, you know, disciplined run defense. You can't let Raheem Mostert bust off that long run. You can't let him score two touchdowns you can't have 127 yards from their top running back that that was why they lost the game honestly so mm-hmm. I mean do I think that they had a lot of good snaps defending the run yes do I think that they failed as a run defense yes because they were the most important part of the game plan and they weren't good enough so um I think I think it's it's tough I mean it's in that sense it's the exact same story as the Patriots offense it's like you know it's, it was a good idea that they that they had right like the Patriots offense right now it conceptually it's it's it makes sense for who they have from a personnel standpoint but then you see it executed on the field and it's they come up you know five seven points short and so it's like you know what can you say like it's just not good enough yet um so yeah and, and especially on offense where I really don't think they have the personnel that they need to to be you know a good team this year Actually, yeah, that was perfect setup for my next question. So it felt like Mac Jones, especially after the interception, like that did, that was one of those moments where you say it's bad football when you decide to pick on Xavier Howard when you're in scoring territory and it didn't seem like a play that he really needed to make. But after that, we saw him lock in and just turn into a Mac Jones that we're not used to seeing, where he's making plays on the run, he's converting third and extra long with his legs, just doing pretty crazy stuff. But like he kind of alluded to, The people around him weren't quite getting it done. Do you think in this matchup, maybe specifically against the Jets, but also kind of going forward, is it more a matter of certain guys need to step up, you know, certain people need to get healthy and really be at full strength? Or do you really think that there is just a lack of talent on this offense that is going to keep them from actually reaching the hopes that we had before the season where, hey, if they can make the playoffs and look competitive, it's a step in the right direction. 
Yeah, it's I think you got to start by not benching Pop Douglas. I mean, it's it's a weird place for Bill Belichick where you have to wonder if maybe he starts burying some of the these traditions that he has, you know, basically out of desperation. It's like, yeah, you can bench the guy, the rookie who fumbled because it sends a statement to, you know, of precedent that he's followed for all of his career or crazy idea. You can get the young high potential playmaker on the field in an offense that badly, badly needs, you know, an elite and explosive playmaker. I don't know if Demario Douglas will ever be, you know, a true wide receiver one, um, but they definitely need more production out of the slot spot. I mean, they, they, like Juju Smith-Schuster is trending the way of like massive, massive mistake for the Patriots. And I, I say that like, mm-hmm. like I, I don't want to call it too early, so I really will try and couch it. But I mean, Jacoby Myers was, was I think I got to look at the contracts again. I think it was like two or three more million dollars a year, which is mm-hmm. a lot of money, but like, to, to eliminate the risk of the Patriots having to evaluate uh, a new receiver, uh, which they're so bad at doing, uh, and keep a guy that works in their system as opposed to bringing in someone new and trying to teach it to them. Like, this is this is the whole – like, this is – talking about Bill Belichick, you know, following his own precedents. Like, dude, learn from your own history. Just pay the guy in your building that you know is good at the position that you so desperately need. And he goes out and gets Juju, a guy who so far, you know, and, and he says it's not a medical reason. So so we'll take his word for it. But so far has not been a good fit for this offense. So I think Demario Douglas, you know, is, is one of those guys you need to look to to try and develop into a, a key role. I think um, past that, it, it gets a little tricky. Kendrick Bourne, I think, is like I think we kind of know what he is at this point, which is like, you know, every few games he can get you a big set of, uh, you know, receptions, be them, be the, converted into touchdowns. You know, I don't know, but um, I don't think Devonte Parker is going to turn into anything special this year. So you, I mean, and, and you kind of, that puts a lot of pressure on Tyquan Thornton, but he's a guy that like, there's no proof in that pudding. Like there's no real reason to think that he can suddenly be something that we've never seen him be before, which is, you know, a high volume receiver. He just mm-hmm. like on training camp. Was he that, you know, we, there was one preseason game where he was okay, but I don't know. I, I just don't think uh, they have the personnel from a passing standpoint that they need. And then the run game's not working. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I feel extremely doom and gloom out here. I'm being I'm so negative, but um, there, there is like, I think there has to be a sort of like sense of panic in New England right now to be like, okay, where are we going to get the yards? You know, where, where can we improve this offense uh, to try and maximize more, more points, more yards um, and make them, you know, in contention for playoffs. I think that's fair. And especially with Juju Smith Schuster now, I think when he was initially signed, you look at all the big plays he made after the catch last year with Kansas City. A lot of that, you know, was just being in space. And then going back, I started to realize, all right, maybe that was just bad tackling. Like it started to feel like, okay, it's going to take a team that really doesn't tackle well for him to maybe rip off these big plays. Then my brain went to, okay, at least he can be that, you know, underneath threat. And that's what we saw in camp. Like that's where my expectations for him kind of dipped. 
because he really did seem there was all this talk about they can be plugged in anywhere. But Juju has really been an inside receiver for them. And not only that, but I don't know if it is the knee or what, but it looks like he is a little bit slower. And I think he was right on the cusp of like being explosive enough where you have to take him seriously, but he may not be a dynamic weapon for you. But what we've seen, it feels like, you know, I think there's been reports that he's not even one of their like top three or four receivers in the rotation. And it's one thing when, and I think this offense was always going to be better than the sum of its parts where you got Henry Gesicki, like all these veteran guys who may not jump off the page, but if everyone's filling the role, then you're doing a pretty good job on offense. But Kendrick Bourne, not really living up to expectations. Mac is one for seven targeting him deep. Devontae Parker, you know, limited sample size. It's just one game. And again, I don't like the matchup of Xavier Howard. I think against 90% of the people in the league, you like Devontae Parker's chances in that opportunity. But against that matchup, I really just don't like it. And then it feels like, like you said, you got to rely maybe more on the young guys because all these veterans who you think you thought were just going to be key role players aren't necessarily living up to those expectations so far. Before we move on, we got to pay the bills. Amit, please and thank you. Send it over to our friends at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, now one more doom and gloom type topic regarding the offense that I'll touch on before I move on to the defense. I feel like there's some better stuff to talk about over there. But in terms of the offensive line, what was your thoughts on their performance? Because I feel like Vidarian Lowe, a backup, you don't really expect him to necessarily ball out. You're basically just kind of work around that guy. But at the same time, you got Cole Strange, who was back, and you're expecting physical limitations maybe because he was hurt. But when I was watching the tape, it seemed like it was more picking up stunts, picking up blitzes, things that were mental where, sure, he missed a lot of time. But these were also issues at times last season for him. So I felt like that was a bit of a red flag. And then at right tackle, my whole thing has been if the rest of the offensive line is okay, right tackle, you know, you can cover up that one position. But Calvin Anderson, initially, I feel like it was expected he was going to be Trent Brown's backup on the left side. But with Riley Reverse, City so not ready to play tackle in the pros yet. I feel like he's really struggled. And again, another guy who he's missed a lot of time. I don't want to be too critical of him. But when you just look at the tape, it's really kind of discouraging seeing how often and how badly he's losing matchups especially where you get a rep like where he got chip help from hunter henry and still lost almost immediately to andrew van ginkle 
hopefully Trent Brown's back using concussion protocol last week. We didn't really expect him to play because the Patriots are conservative with that. But what do you see the outlook as for the offensive line? And do you think once they get healthier, once there's more time, like Mike and Wendu can actually play a full game, do you think that unit could be competent enough to help raise the offensive ceiling? Yeah. So, so that is, that is, this is sort of the silver lining. This is like the upside position. I think, like you said, Cole Strange looked like a guy who hasn't practiced enough with this group and was missing assignments. Um, Vidarian Lowe looked like a guy who shouldn't be on an NFL football field. <laughs> he, he was, uh, that, that, that position was not meant for him. Uh, I think he should probably move to like back up at right or something, but, uh, he was having a really hard time on the left side. Um, Calvin Anderson, yeah, like you said, um, you know, it's it's not an easy position to just ignore. Uh, not, not that that's what you're saying, but like it, even like if you have the other four solid positions, really good teams these days have two, two excellent edges. You look at Buffalo, they're going to have Von Miller and Gregory Russo. Um, Miami actually didn't even have their second their number one edge player, Jalen Phillips. So, you know, if if that was overwhelming to the Patriots this week, even if they get Trent Brown back, well, Miami might have Jalen Phillips back. And he's, he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, He had the highest pass rushing PFF grade, I think in the league last year, Uh, that, that it might've been like top five, but, but regardless, he is, you know, I think he's one of the most underrated pass rushers because he doesn't have the huge sack totals, but his pressures are, are like, through the roof. So basically, um, you know, Calvin Anderson's going to have problems all season long, even if they solidify the the rest of the offensive line, even if they move in the tight ends to help him out a little bit. Um, But, but I do think that, you know, he will play better if, you know, Unwenu is, 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 is playing better next to him all game long. So um, I think this offensive line, you know, probably can play like, I don't know, maybe 15% better, right? I mean, that's like a totally subjective number, but uh, I think you see that happen. You you might see the run game look a little bit healthier, average a few more yards. That starts to help Mac Jones out a little bit. And then you have, you know, a gradual increase. Um, And again, this, this team is like, you know, yards away from being, relevant and in the nfl you know game of inches to be yards away from you know relevance is is a massive gap sometimes Mm -hmm. but but they are close to what you know many people are considering two of the top five teams in the in the league right now miami and and philly really are you know two of the best five teams at least at this you know exact moment so Maybe the offensive line is the kind of thing that can just get them, you know, so that they're not playing as far from behind. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I think if if Patriots fans are sort of like looking for one thing that they can put hope into, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe that unit starts to show uh, a little more potential. Yeah, and like you mentioned, it's it's hard to defend the Patriots because two times you get an opportunity to put the game away against good teams and you can't. But at the same time, they're in position to win the game against two of the league's best teams. So it's a really weird kind of middle ground they find themselves in. And Matt Judon even said, like, this is not a bad football team. We know what we need to correct. At the end of the day, they just got to get it done. Hopefully the offensive line, as you said, will be enough to make the offense a little bit better to put those games away. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving over to the defense. Now, this is a week where I feel like it's there's not a lot to talk about with the pass rush because Tua gets it out so quickly. Didn't really expect them to be a massive factor in the game. They did make plays at times when they needed to. I feel like the quarterbacks are really more of a topic of discussion. We can start out on a positive note. Christian Gonzalez, first career interception. I thought he had a really good day, especially in man coverage when he had to cover Tyreek Hill when Marcus Jones went down. So maybe before we get into the quarterback situation with all the injuries, how did you think Christian Gonzalez performed in a pretty big spot? Yeah, great, great day against Miami. I'm a little surprised, to be honest, to see him as like the number one corner, number three corner in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, AJ, he, he he did like he had a very tenuous game plan, I think, against uh, AJ Brown in Week One. He, he, like he was playing with a pretty big cushion to make sure Brown didn't win deep, and like from a do your job standpoint, he did his job. Like he had an assignment, which was to make sure, you know, Andrew Brown didn't make any explosive plays. And that's, that's exactly what happened. In fact, he did have like that really, you know, solid deep target from Jalen hurts in the, in the red zone. And he batted it away. Uh, This was the kind of game I think that is even more encouraging to the Patriots because it wasn't just, Hey, youngster, don't mess up. That was week one, right? This was, Hey, youngster, you know, you're, he's not going to play Tyreek the whole game because uh, that's not how they were playing a lot of zone, basically. But um, he was like, you know, they, they told him, you know, here are the keys. Like, you're in charge now, basically. And um, he did a nice job making sure that not only, you know, is Tyreek not, make, you know, completely changing the game, but actually on one target, you know, Gonzalez makes two up pay for an underthrow. So, um, you know, really, really good moment. I think just for a team that really hasn't drafted super well in the last few years for their top pick to be making plays in week two, it's a good sign. And, and mm-hmm. so I think, you know, they, the more, hopefully they can keep putting this much on his plate in the coming weeks. Maybe, maybe they can ask him to kind of be on an Island uh, by the end of the year with really good receivers um, and that can change the complexion of what Belichick can do or the two Belichicks can do from a play calling standpoint, because this defense is a lot better when they have a number one corner to mess around with. Uh, and so, you know, maybe they're on their way to being to being there. So the top cornerback position looks pretty good. Against the Dolphins, as I mentioned, Marcus Jones goes down with a shoulder injury. They ask a lot of Miles Bryant because the plan was, okay, we're going to try to get physical with Tyreek Hill with a safety over the top and basically leave Jalen Waddle on an island. Initially, that was Gonzalez's responsibility. Then it had to shift, and we saw Miles Bryant, who I thought was actually very competitive for what on paper is a massive mismatch. But it begs the question of what does the outlook look like for this team at the cornerback position? Because now all three Joneses are banged up. Jack Jones is probably going to be out for a couple months. Jonathan Jones, 
dealt with something in camp. It's a different injury now, but clearly, you know, an older cornerback who's suffering an injury and missing a game, you just hope that that's not something that's going to linger or kind of come back to bite later in the season. And Marcus Jones, shoulder injury, we don't know how much time he's going to miss. What do you think it looks like for this position? And do you think Sean Wade, you know, was solid in reserve action, didn't get targeted really, so, you know, not a ton to take away, but what are your thoughts on the position group considering they've just got so many injuries there right now to key players? Yeah, it's a tough draw. I mean, they're usually a pretty deep team at that position. They came into this year as a as a t- deep team um, at the position, and uh, so for them to be depleted this early is tough. I mean, it's it. The one thing I'm surprised that we haven't seen yet, and I think we might, is that Jalen Mills hasn't been playing. You know, at the position, he's really not been playing like at all. I, I got to double check the snap count this year, this uh, week, but he barely played in week one. He's just like a dime player, really. That he's only really yeah. coming in for dime and goal line packages, right? And and yeah. so I think that's a guy that they could move back to the position. It's not even like a disaster position. He like I think fans got a little upset at him last year, but he he's actually like very serviceable at yeah at the second cornerback spot. Uh, he had to play a lot of the top cornerback spot last year, so moving back into CB two, and that's a player that they could probably get a lot of mileage out of now for whatever reason, they're not using him there. And so maybe this is the week where things sort of like flip because they tried him at a safety a lot this off season. And then he got mm. kind of buried with Jarrell peppers, getting a lot more snaps than I think I anticipated. I don't, I don't know if you saw yeah. that. But, um, <laughs> so I, I think, you know, maybe, maybe that's their way to get Jalen Mills back on the field a little bit more is using him at corner. If they don't, then I, I, I mean, I, I'd be worried for them about what Sean Wade can or can't do. I don't think he has to this point displayed, you know, an, a particular acuity for the position. Um, so if they are using him at, at the second cornerback spot, then they are going to have some limitations about like how they play their defense because they're going to have to give him help basically at all times. And then that means Gonzalez won't have any help, which, which I said, you know, that would be great to have him at that point later in the season. But now maybe they're asking their rookie to be on an island by week three, by week four. Um, and that's a different a different thing. Last thing. How do the Patriots match up with this Jets team? Now, obviously, no Aaron Rodgers completely changes the complexion. Zach Wilson, someone they're very familiar with and who I don't think I don't think Zach Wilson particularly loves playing the Pats defense. They tend to harass him. But this year, they've got a very potent ground game. I feel like usually when they played the Patriots the past couple of years, they've had so many injuries on the offensive line in the trenches and a running back that it hasn't been a huge threat. But Brees Hall's back making people miss just like he was last year. Obviously, have Dalvin Cook now. So offensively, the big thing is, all right, you just don't want to let the running backs beat you. Garrett Wilson's a great player, but the guy throwing him the football, you know, there's only so much he can do on his own. And then defensively, Bill O'Brien mentioned Quinnen Williams, John Franklin Myers on that loaded Jets front. Also, C.J. Mosley at the second level, who's so smart and flies to the football. And then obviously, their secondary. Sauce Gardner speaks for himself. DJ Reed, one of the more underrated cornerbacks, I think, in the league. Michael Carter in the slot, one of the better players at that position. Their safeties are okay. I feel like that's an area you can kind of exploit in their kind of quarter scheme. But what do you think the matchup looks like on both sides of the ball? Maybe we can go to offense first, and then we'll take a quick break, give you some time to think about it, and then we'll go defense. Yeah, so um, when it comes to exploiting the Jets' offense – Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first name, uh, well, second name you mentioned was Zach Wilson. And I, I mean, he's just not good when it comes to playing Belichick. I think he's one of the most mentally weak 
corner uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I hate to like call a guy out so substantially like that, but he, I mean, he, when he's, um, when he's falling apart, he really falls apart. And we saw it last week against Dallas, three interceptions, accuracy issues, decision-making problems, and Belichick better than anyone gets, gets under Zach Wilson's skin. So I think that's where it has to start is limit, limit the run game, be opportunistic in the passing game. And, and once, so this is, this is a game where like, it's not just that they don't want to fall behind. It's that they really, really want to build a lead. The faster they build a lead, the more Zach Wilson has to pass, the more Zach Wilson has to pass, the more likely he is to force a football and try and play hero ball. And and then, and then it spirals from there. So you get up early you make Zach Wilson vulnerable, you make him sort of insecure, you steal one of the balls from him, and then all of a sudden, basically, you can kind of walk away with a win. Um, what they don't want to happen is for uh, the, the ground game to get comfortable, uh, for the Jets to play like bully ball football, um, and for the defense to do actually the opposite uh, to to Mac Jones, um, where, where, you know, he's, I think he's a mentally strong quarterback, but uh, he he can be had when it comes to turnovers. So, um, yeah, I think the Patriots start start by kind of correcting that that mistake free or mistake you know a few mistakes in the last game. Just kind of really like hone in on limiting Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, um, and then and then seeing you know how often they can fool Zach Wilson. All right, now we're gonna get to what they can do to the Jets defense. All right, Henry, last thing we're going to discuss today, Patriots offense versus the Jets defense. How do they get it done? Yeah, um, it's that's a tougher equation, right? I think, I think uh, you know, just like the Patriots defense is sort of like licking their lips at, at the idea of facing the Jets offense, there's probably something similar happening in New York looking at New England's offense. Um, because while – while you know the pay, like it, it is kind of like a weird carbon copy. I mean, let's let's not like insult Mac Jones by comparing him to Zach Wilson, but you do have you know Zeke Elliott, who who was sort of like the light version of Dalvin Cook this offseason, where they were two. They're both waiting to find a team. They're both kind of like maybe people think that they they don't have it anymore, and then Dalvin goes to the Jets, Zeke goes to. The Patriots, but then they've got their younger runners who are supposed to be sort of the, the bell cows in Ramondre and Brees. Um, but I think ultimately the, the Jets defensive line, it's it is like a pretty ridiculous group of players. Uh, and and they're sort of the core of this defense. Guy like Quinn and Williams. I mean, they're edge players. There are so many that they have that their first round pick, Will McDonald, is a good player. And he wasn't active last week just because they they liked, you know, the matchup better for their other their other players. So, um, you know, they can go they can go deep on the defensive line and and not have major uh, quality issues. And then, you know, you mentioned their quarterbacks, their top two guys are really good. Uh, Sauce Gardner dropped what probably should have been a sick pick six last week against Dallas. And that's when the run kind of went. Uh, and I think he blames himself a little bit for that. So uh, he had a really good game. It could have been a, could have been an, an even better game. I think both uh, 
Sauce and DJ Reed are going to be looking to generate turnovers from Mac Jones. He's got to be protective of the football. Um, I think, like you said, you know, maybe safety isn't their strongest position, but it doesn't really need to be. I think they they don't have to protect their corners very much. Both of those guys could probably be, you know, the, the number one corner on any defense. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I think the Patriots are gonna want to be able to to run the ball. I don't think they're gonna be able to run the ball very well, like it's been, you know, these last few weeks. And so they're gonna have to start opening things up, probably in shotgun again, even though Bill O'Brien said that, that it, he doesn't want to use that as much. Um, and so quick, quick check downs. Uh, the quick game, and then maybe if things start working, uh, Mac Jones will start to try and attack over the top. But I just don't think that's a good idea. You don't want to turn the ball over, and that's not the strength of this offense. So I think just trying to be as methodical as they've been for 70% of drives before they turn over the ball, (laughs) uh, I think they got to start doing that for 100% of the drives and just be a really grinded out, you know, methodical offense. Uh, that's that's kind of the only way. The second you're undisciplined against this Jets team, they take the ball away. And, and if there's any, you know, clearer case of that, maybe they didn't play well against the Cowboys, but look at what they did to Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen's the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he had four turnovers and three in the second half. Absolute meltdown against against the Jets. So, this is actually a pretty good team, and, and and the Patriots need to be careful. Hopefully this will be the first game that we do not see the Patriots' offense beat themselves. Would go a long way, especially considering the defense should be able to get it done against Zach Wilson once again. Henry, appreciate your insights, man. Thank you so much for your time. Please let the people know where they can find you and what great work you have coming out. Yeah, sure. So uh, you can look right there. That's where you follow me on Twitter, at Henry C. McKenna. Um, download the Fox Sports app. I am the AFC East writer there. You can follow me uh, on the Fox Sports app so that everything that I write gets pushed to your phone. Um, And I will be writing all sorts of good stuff this week, including a little look inside the Brennan Schooler uh, blocked kickoff, or excuse me, blocked field goal, and sort of maybe whether that might be something teams try and replicate whether they can replicate it or whether it was sort of like a flash in the pan so um yeah keep an eye out for that one i'm looking forward to that thank you again henry appreciate you appreciate everybody else for watching take care of yourselves take care of each other and we will see you next time peace